Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, uh, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey, this is Melvin. We're actually on break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but I thought it would be fun just to share some of the most popular episodes as well as some of my most favorite episodes from uh, Selling the Couch. We've had over 200 episodes now, and I know that for me, listening to some of these old episodes, I always pick up something and learn something new. So I hope that you enjoy today's session. Before we do get to today's session, I just wanted you to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory if you haven't had a chance. Uh, basically, the directory makes it easier for us to connect and support one another as we grow our businesses. So after you register and you sign up, you get a, you can create a profile that lets us know more about your practice, the good work that you're doing in the world, uh, the unique niches that you serve, niches beyond just a traditional DSM diagnosis, uh, groups and workshops and retreats and areas of consultation, all of those different things. And after you fill that out, um, it's actually way uh, easier than it sounds. But uh, after you fill it out, your practice gets placed on a Google map. That way, fellow couchies can find you in order to cross-refer clients. If they need a consult on a certain area, they can do that as well. Um, one of the things that we actually have been working on that I, I'm just like really excited about um, with this recent update is we created a custom cross-refer tool. Um, so if you look on any of these online communities, a lot of times you'll see, you know, hey, I'm looking for, you know, a clinician that that lives in this area, that accepts this insurance, that, you know, works with millennials. And so we thought, why not just make it easy and create a tool to do this? So you basically can run just some filters so you can, you know, ask questions like that. And you click just a, a number of different things and you get search results. Um, and it makes the process of just cross-referring a lot easier. You can learn more about the directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. And please enter the promo code podcast for your first month absolutely free. We'll get right to today's session. Here we go. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 164 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a fantastic day. So today's session is a solo episode with yours truly. And 
With these solo episodes, I like to do just a range of things. On some of them, I like to, for example, share a book that I'm reading and some of the insights that I'm picking up. On other ones, I share some of the lessons that I'm learning on my own business journey. And then yet on some other ones, I like to just reflect and share a couple of the lessons and things that I've learned along the way when it comes to the world of building a practice. And so today's episode is actually one of these. So this episode was actually inspired by a presentation that I did recently with the team over at Theranos, where we were trying to figure out a topic. And I came up with this idea and I said, you know, what if I just share some of the insights that I have learned after all of these podcast conversations and just being on my own practice and business journey? And so today's podcast session is actually inspired by that presentation. And what I want to do is simply share just sort of three insights or three lessons when it comes to building a private practice that I've picked up after just lots of great conversations on the podcast. So we'll get right to it. So what I simply did was just shared a couple of lessons and then sort of like sort of insights from those. So the first lesson that I've learned from all of these conversations are, or is, is, are, <laughs> is that the, uh, the riches are in the niches. And I actually heard this phrase the first time from one of my favorite entrepreneurs, Pat Flynn over at Smart Passive Income. But the phrase, the riches are in the niches, that applies so much to the world of private practice. So what I've learned in these conversations and just observations are some clinicians, they niche based on a population like millennials, for example, or couples that have a history of infidelity. Others niche based on a presenting concern like eating disorders, for example. Others do it based on a training. So that could be something like Gottman certification or EMDR or ACT certified or something like that. And then yet others, they niche based on some sort of a hybrid of those combinations. So for example, EMDR with women who have a history of trauma, right? And what I've sort of picked up is that hybrid model seems to work really well. So it's almost like one of my good friends in the private practice space, uh, Corey Bank, actually talks about this idea of double niching. And so it's not that you're niching one time, but you're actually niching to a second time as well. So it's not that you just work with mothers, for example, but you actually work with new moms or you work with moms who have a history of, you know, childhood physical abuse, for example. And that double niche seems to work or seems to serve really well. Related to this, I know for me, this is something that I struggle with, but I often forget that, you know, from the perspective of a business owner, I want to try to cater to everybody. But from the perspective of someone who's looking for services, usually that person is looking for a very nuanced service based on a nuanced presenting concern. And thinking about it that way, it was very eye-opening for me. So based on those insights, I just wanted to share a couple of kind of key takeaways. And the first one is one of the best ways to figure out what niches work in the particular area, like the geographic area that you're serving, is to actually study other clinicians who are serving in that space as well. So the best place to start is an online directory. So there's a number of online directories that, that serve the general public. 
good therapy, psychology today, all of those are two examples. And what you actually, a strategy that you might want to employ is actually looking based on zip code and then taking a sheet of paper and actually writing down the presenting concerns that these clinicians are working with. So this can give you one, an idea of what sort of market there is. Two, it can give you an idea of what are the unique struggles of that uh, particular area, right? And then the other thing it can give you is an idea of how do I stand out from all of the other clinicians. The second sort of key takeaway that I learned from this insight of focusing on the niches is that you really need to find a niche that aligns a passion with the community need. I feel like um, we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast before, but you know, one of the most painful lessons I've learned is just because you have passion for a certain topic or an interest or anything like that, it's a wonderful thing, but you have to balance that and make sure that there's actually a need for those services or those, those services that you offer. The sort of other takeaway from this is that if you are in a practice where you intend to be private pay, you really need to find a niche where others would pay for those services, either out of pocket or they would use some sort of like health insurance savings account or something like that. The number one mistake that I sort of picked up from this idea of niching is this idea that when you try to serve everyone, you end up serving no one. So lesson number two is that all practices have their ups and downs. So the key insights that I've picked up is that one, the up and down is meaning that there are periods where you have an influx of clients and then there are periods where there's a downturn. So for example, like holidays, summer, those kind of things, that is the nature of a service-based business. I feel like this is something we don't often talk about enough in all of these different online communities, but I don't know, the first time that that happened to me where I noticed this downturn in the business, it was so easy for me to just personalize it and felt like I felt like I had done something wrong, you know, and that I wasn't a good business owner. And I think just realizing that the up and down nature is is sort of the nature of a service-based business was very eye-opening for me. So the second sort of key insight with that is what you want to do is you want to focus in on a couple of referral sources and you want to hone in on them and then serve them well. You know, a lot of clinicians, and we've had lots of conversations in the community, and one of the key insights has always been build really supportive relationships with other colleagues. But the real sort of subtle nuance to that is instead of trying to like uh, build it with, you know, 50 different clinicians, maybe there is actually some wisdom in focusing on the exact referral source who is also in front or related to the niche that you're serving and seeing how you can truly support them beyond just a coffee date or just showing up with some business cards, right? Maybe what you do is something like you create some sort of a handout that they can put in their waiting room to serve their clients or their patients. The third key insight that I picked up from this idea of all practices have their ups and downs are you want to be really intentional with your marketing, right? So you want to actually have some method to track where clients are coming from. So this could be as simple as 
asking clients how they heard about you, all the way to on your intake paperwork, having a section where you say, how did you hear about me? You know, was it through a blog post I wrote? Was it through a referral source? And you want to leave that referral section maybe blank. So just so that folks can know. And sort of the next level of this is you want to figure out some way to actually put this into a data table so that over time, you can actually figure out where the referrals are coming from. What I did was I'm going to share the lesson, I'm going to share the key insights, and then I'm going to share the key takeaways from that I picked up. So the key takeaways from lesson number two is that all practices have their ups and downs. I have three of those key takeaways. The first one is set up a rainy day fund to cover three to four months of expenses. And so this is just based on a simple idea that don't make a cancellation or a no-show, both an emotional and a financial emergency. You know, this podcast is just all about being transparent. And this took me a while to learn this lesson because every time I would have a dip or a cancellation or no-show, what I would do is I would personalize this and question my own competence as a clinician and as a business owner. So then the situation became both financial and emotional, right? So it was the other side of that was, oh, I, you know, I had projected this income. And so... Just thinking about it that way, I think having it's such a basic principle of having some sort of a rainy day fund. You know, I feel like we were in India this winter and my grandparents are still alive. And they, I remember growing up and my grandparents and my parents, they would just talk about like having savings right? Just have saving and saving and the importance of that. And I think a lot of things clicked for me this trip, just the wisdom of that. And uh, I felt like that's something that could be applicable to our business as well. And so the third key takeaway is use that downtime for self-care, marketing, or scaling your business. So when we have a no-show or cancellation, what I used to do is I used to really beat myself up and then it would take me forever to come back from it. And what I sort of, I shifted my mindset and I said, you know what, that's okay. There's a cancellation. What I can now do is I can use this just to rest and relax because I need to take care of myself first if I'm going to serve others well. And then I can also use it just to focus on sort of marketing efforts, maybe doing like a little task that you've been wanting to do. And then also thinking about scaling. So scaling is basically the idea that how can I as a business owner, stop trading time to create income. So, right, does that mean going from seeing individual clients or seeing couples to doing a group? Does it mean going from seeing individuals to doing some sort of a, a retreat? Something like that. Does it mean launching an e-course? Does it mean writing a book? I don't know what all of that is for you, but I think a lot about scaling now. For me, all I ever grew up with was the idea that I had to trade time to create income. And I think one of the most wonderful things about this age that we live in, this digital age, is that we really can create these things where uh, you don't necessarily, it requires time and effort and maybe even money on the front end to create these, but they are highly scalable, meaning that you don't always have to be there when a purchase is made or those kind of things. So the number one mistake I just wanted to take away, just to emphasize, is not planning for a rainy day. Again, don't let a cancellation or a no-show both become an emotional and a financial emergency. And lesson number three is that connection is the key to marketing. The key insights, I just wanted to share two of them. So as I reflect on all of these interviews, 
the top two ways that clinicians usually generate referrals is either word of mouth, so current clients sharing with other clients, or it's building these authentic relationships with others, helpers, and healers. So these clinicians, particularly, they take an abundance mindset, and that abundance mindset is key, right? So when I think about abundance mindset, it's this realization that I'm not meant to serve everyone in the world, and that if I give a client or a customer that comes to me that's not a good fit for me, if I refer them out, that you know I'm going to get that eventually I'm going to get something like that back and just trusting in that process. I know there's like this element of faith in that, but I don't know. For me, I've seen it happen over and over in my own business, and I know that it's happened for a lot of our colleagues. So the three key takeaways from that point is that what you want to do is you want to make a list of helpers and healers who align with your niche. So this could be definitely local for local referrals. But one of the things, especially in this online age, is that what for our websites, what you actually also want to do is you want to find clinicians who also work with the same and related niches as you do. Because when you mention their website, for example, on a blog post that you write, that link is very, without getting too much in technical, but that link that is established between your website and their website is an important factor in Google search engine rankings. The second sort of key takeaway when it comes to connection with other clinicians is to make some sort of a memorable introduction. So, you know, I think the easy thing to do is to just create a mass-generated email or a mass-generated letter and just send it to a bunch of folks, right? But I think it speaks to then the space there is and the opportunity there is to really stand out. So two examples that I've used before are one is a program called Bonjoro, B-O-N-J-O-R-O. And this is actually a app that allows you to create video recordings for folks. So it's a great way to um, send like a referral source, a quick video recording and saying, you know, just introducing yourself. And you can actually create it right on your smartphone. Oh, and the really cool thing also with Bonjoro is if you have an existing like contact list on, you know, Google, for example, you can actually import it. So you just need to type in the name and it automatically populates that email. And then um, SpeakPipe is another one that I use. So Bonjoro is uh, around $20 a month. It's pretty inexpensive. SpeakPipe actually has a, a free, I don't remember what the pricing for SpeakPipe is, but it actually definitely has a free one where if you're under like five minutes of talking, you're t- it's totally fine. And SpeakPipe actually lets you send an audio message to folks. And uh, again, I, I just wanted to emphasize sort of the key third takeaway, which is build narrow and deep relationships with a few versus broad and shallow relationships with many. And the number one mistake that I've sort of taken away is, and I don't think a lot of folks are doing this anymore because they sort of realize the importance of connection, is that building a trying to build a private practice in isolation, seeing that, you know, my practice success, like if I refer someone out, that means I'm going to have less success in my practice. 
So um, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast session. I, I wanted to do something a little bit different and uh, hope you enjoyed those sort of key insights and key takeaways. So again, lessons are lesson number one, the riches are in the niches. Lesson number two is all practices have their ups and downs and it's good to save for a rainy day. And lesson number three is connection is the key to marketing. And as we wrap up, you can find show notes to today's episode over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 164. Just wanted to mention that we'll be opening public enrollment into the STC directory. So it'll be actually the second time that we're in uh, opening enrollment. I launched the directory for the first time earlier this year in 2018. And the goal of the directory was just to make it easier for us to be able to connect with one another in private practice, whether that is for cross-referrals, for connection and just collaboration, whether it's on a blog post or doing a workshop together. And then a place where I know that a lot of us are getting into both clinical supervision slash consultation and non-clinical consultation and a place just to be able to share that with other colleagues. The directory has a bunch of other stuff, and uh, I'm not going to go too much into all of that, but you can find that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. And um, as I'm recording this uh, right now, there if you go to that page, you can actually sign up um, if you'd like to get a notification of when the directory goes live. Have a great rest of your day, and thank you so much for joining me. Take good care. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, hope you enjoyed today's podcast session. And especially if this is your second time listening to this podcast session, I hope that you've picked up just a a new level of insight and something that helps you on your private practice journey. As I mentioned at the beginning, I will be back with new episodes very soon. And before we wrap up again, just wanted to encourage you to check out the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Um, I actually wanted to use this time just to talk a little bit more about not just the directory, but what we're doing and what my big vision for STC is. You know, as Selling the Couch grows, uh, what really weighs on me is how do we use um, our influence and how do we use the resources? And for me, how do I steward well um, all of what I'm creating? And so we're actually taking 50% of the profits from directory sales to create a scholarship fund for kids who have been rescued from brothels in the commercial sex trade. Um, when I was a grad student, I um, was very fortunate to work three weeks in Bombay, India with a NGO and with social workers in Kamatipura, which is the largest concentrated red light district in the world. Um, it's the largest red light district in Asia. And uh, I spent three weeks there, um, spent uh, a day right in the heart of the center of the red light district, um, going into brothels, with, um, with, with the social workers, um, doing lots of education on everything from HIV AIDS, um, all the way to, uh, trying to figure out what, what some of these workers, the challenges they were facing. And I spent the majority of my time about five hours away, um, helping at a school where the kids of these workers, um, were, were, and, uh, just to, 
teaching different classes, uh, getting to spend time with them, reading bedtime stories to the little ones. And f- uh, ever since all of that happened, I just have always felt like, man, if I ever get the chance to do some big things in the world, I want to make sure that uh, everything I create uh, leads to something way bigger than me. And so, um, and fortunately, Selling the Couch happened, and now the STC directory is happening. And so this is where uh, I'm hoping that, you know, we can dedicate our time and our resources. And I really have some big plans as we go forward with this. Again, you can learn more about the Selling the Couch directory over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash directory. Be sure to enter the promo code podcast to get your first month absolutely free. Have a great rest of your day, and uh, I will see you next time. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.